you ever felt, have you ever felt that you were not good enough? Have you ever felt that you were not good enough? Have you ever struggled thinking that you're not doing enough? Have you ever struggled with comparison, seeing someone else and thinking, oh, I'm not where I need to be, I'm not who I should be? Have you ever struggled with these questions? Do you ever criticize yourself thinking, I'm not nearly as far along or as good as a Christian as I had hoped to be at this moment in time? And I raise my hand as someone who said yes to every single one of these questions. And what God was just uncovering in my heart this week is the fact that most of the time, I do not believe that I am seated with Christ. I think... I've grasped that I'm forgiven, that I'm redeemed, that I'm saved. I think I've grasped all of those things, but seated, that I have the greatest seat at the table the world has ever known. Like I have a seat there. And by his grace and by his mercy, he was just gently helping me this week see Hey, I indeed belong. I indeed am loved. I indeed am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. But not because of my goodness, but not because of my works, not because I've read enough or prayed enough or raised my hands enough. No, simply because of the fact that I am in Christ. And in Christ, it's all been done. In Christ, the striving, it is finished. In Christ, the earning is over. In Christ, the fear is gone. Do you understand what Ephesians 2.6 is saying? Saying that right now, like right now, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are seated in the heavenly realms. Yeah, I know you find yourself in Nashville in this uncomfortable brown chair, but the reality is you are also seated with Christ. Paul, he uses the past tense. I don't know if you noticed that. He says, you were raised, you were seated. It's a present reality. The moment you accepted Jesus, the moment you believed in Jesus, God, he just pulled up another seat to the table. He says, hey, take a seat. Take a seat. And this is where the Christian journey begins. And this is where the Christian journey continually comes back to. It begins with this posture of sitting. It begins from this posture and place of rest. And to understand how this is even possible, how this could be our reality, we have to understand what Christ has done that Christ came and he took our seat. Christ came and he took our seat so that we could have his. And I think we can better understand Ephesians 1.20 that we read earlier, when it says that God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand. We can better understand this when we understand the work that had to be done. What had Jesus just done that earned him a seat at the highest place of honor 
in all of the entire cosmos. Well, we know, we looked at it at Easter, Jesus on the cross had just taken on the entire weight of the world. Every sin had just fallen upon him. So he had just taken our seat on the cross. He bore the weight. He earned so that we would never have to. So that we would never have to. And I read this moment of Jesus on the cross this week in John. And as I was reading it, I just kept thinking, like, we've, we've got to read that on Sunday. And so I won't actually make you turn there. I have a paper clip, so um, it's easier for me. But I just invite you to close your eyes and just listen to these words. This is the moment that Jesus tells us it is finished. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The work has been done. Three days later, we know that he rose from the dead. And then God gives him a seat at his right hand. It's a seat of honor. It's a seat of rest. And Jesus, he did all the work so that our journey begins from a place of sitting, from a place of rest. But let's be honest, this is not the reality that we live under or live in or live from most of the time. I was reading a book by a man named Watchman Nee. He was a evangelist and church planner in China in the 20s and 30s, spent the last 20, 30 years of his life in, in prison, and he spoke into this reality so well. I just, I just want to read a portion of it this morning. And this is what he said, and I want to invite you to listen to this. He said, most Christians make the mistake of trying to walk in order to be able to sit. But that's the reversal of the true order. Our natural reason says if we do not walk, how can we ever reach the goal? What can we attain without effort? How can we ever get anywhere if we do not move? But Christianity is a weird business. If at the outset we try to do anything, we get nothing. If we seek to attain something, we miss everything. For Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. Thus, Ephesians opens with the statement that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. And we are invited at the very outset to sit down and enjoy what God has done for us. Not to set out and try and attain it for ourselves. So the Christian life, from start to finish, 
is based upon this principle of utter dependence upon Lord Jesus. There is no limit to the grace that God is willing to bestow upon us. There's no limit. He will give us everything and we can receive none of it except as we rest in him. Sitting, it's this attitude of rest. Something has been finished, work stops, and we sit. It's a paradox, right? But true, that we only advance in the Christian life if we first learn to sit down. But what what does it really mean to sit down? Well, when we walk or we stand, we bear on our own legs all of the weight of our own body. But when we sit down, the entire weight rests upon the chair or the couch in which we sit. We grow weary when we walk and when we stand, but we feel rested when we have sat down for a while. And walking or standing, we expend a great deal of energy, but when we are seated, we relax at once because the strain, it no longer falls on our muscles, on our nerves, on our body, but it rests upon something outside of ourselves. And this is also true in the spiritual realm. To sit down is simply to put your whole weight, your whole load, your whole self, all of your future, everything upon the Lord Jesus. We let him bear the responsibility and stop trying to carry it ourselves. But why is this so hard to believe Why do we find ourselves constantly saying, okay, yeah, but, I mean, don't. Okay, maybe for for him or for her or for that person, but for me, and I think it's so hard to believe because we've been slowly smuggling in the ways of the world into the church. And we may not have said it out loud, but we've built up a list of requirements of what it looks like to be a good enough Christian. Okay, well, if you read your Bible this much and you pray this much and you pray this way and you operate in these gifts and you worship this way, then you've attained your seat in heaven. Then you are good enough. And hey, guess what? There is no good Christian There is only Christian, someone who is in Christ. And if you are in Christ, you are good in the eyes of God, period. And I think it's as we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms that Jesus's words in Matthew 11 begin to come true, not only in theory, but in reality that his yoke is easy, that his burden is light. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But I, I had always said, it doesn't feel like that's true. 
But I think I had always been looking from the wrong perspective. And it's amazing what happens when your perspective changes. I'll go back to my examples at the very beginning. The perspective one might have in the nosebleed sections versus a good seat on the front row. Your perspective, it changes. You first saw things fuzzy and distant, and then all of a sudden you're sitting in the front row and you can actually see things and hear things for as they actually are. How much would our perspective change if we're looking from a place of being seated with Christ? How much would our circumstances dictate our security and our confidence and our joy if our perspective was from the heavenly realms? And you may be even asking right now, like, okay, but what can I do to believe this? Like, how do I need to start acting so that I can be seated with Christ? What can we do? Nothing. We must sit. We must be still. Because it is in the sitting, it is in the resting, in the quiet, that this becomes a reality in our innermost being. Could that be true? In our sitting, that that's where this becomes a reality in our innermost being. I believe the answer is yes, because it is the, the spirit testifying to our hearts that this is true, that we are indeed seated with Christ. Our minds can't fathom this on their own. We need the spirit to testify that this is true. So Romans 8, Romans 8, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for us. This is what Romans 8 tells us. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, to daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Later goes on to say, the spirit helps us in our weakness, in our sitting. We do not know what we ought to pray for. For the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. So my question today is, will we slow down and sit down enough and long enough to allow rest and reality be the place from which we see and do, and go. So we're going to talk about that next week. Good works that Christ has prepared in advance for us to do, but we 
we can't do unless we first understand where it is that we are seated. And I was just been thinking all week, I'm like, okay, we're going to sit here and talk about this reality that we are seated and sitting with Christ. And it would be a big mistake, I think, for, for y'all just to hear me talk the entire time and not actually sit and allow God to speak to you. One of the ways that I've um, just kind of grown in my relationship with God personally over the last year is through imaginative prayer, through, through imaging prayer. And it's this way of kind of looking at a story in the Word of God, uh, seeing a story from a different perspective. And it's this ability to just kind of slow yourself and still yourself and find yourself with God in the story. And so I just want to take a moment to just allow us to sit, to allow us to just rest. Um, and Noah's going to play some music to kind of help drown out the, the noise of the silence, if you will. And um, I'm going to read a story from The Last, uh, the Last Supper. Jesus is with some of his disciples. It's this moment where he's getting ready to go to the cross and he's sitting down and he's sharing this meal. They're sitting at the table together. And for some of you, this may be like your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> for some of you, this may be the most foreign concept ever. Uh, to, to close your eyes, to be still. And I just wanna invite you right now just to get comfortable. Um, just get comfortable, close your eyes. Sometimes helps to just kind of like put your feet on the floor and I invite you to just kind of take a few deep breaths in and out. Take some breaths in and out and just kind of clear your mind, clear your heart. And as I read this, I just want to invite you, just use the imagination that God gave you to just put yourself in the story. So it's the Last Supper. It's the night before Jesus is going to be arrested. The dining table is scattered with the remains of a meal enjoyed by all that are there. Imagine that you're sitting at this table. Your hands are on your belly and you're feeling full and satisfied. The food and the wine were savory and sweet. It brought back such memories of meals you shared with friends and family through the years. Meals where love was shown and Forgiveness offered and hurts healed. And a smile comes across your face as you recall the hours your mother spent in the kitchen getting ready to feed those she loved. And humming softly, she would carefully knead and fold the dough, which would become bread. And as you keep your 
eyes closed and you imagine yourself at this table, can you hear the chatter? Can you hear the conversation? And you look over at these people that you've traveled with through many towns and many, many villages, bringing the message of hope and love, and a peace just comes over you. A peace that tells you what a good job you've done. And across the table, you see Jesus. And he's looking around the table, but his face is serious. He stands up and he puts a towel around his waist. And he starts walking towards you. And you don't really understand what's happening. Jesus, he gets closer until he's standing right before you. He's got this towel hanging off of his waist and he's carrying a basin of water. And Jesus, he, he looks to you and he asks you a question. What is it that Jesus is asking? In this moment, what, what does Jesus ask you? What does he say? How do you respond? And then Jesus, he kneels in front of you. And you kind of move back your chair. And you say, no, Jesus, please get up. And he looks you in your eyes. And he seems to look right into your soul. And he smiles and he offers his hand to take your foot. And you hesitate. How can this be? And Jesus, he gently cups your foot in his hand. And with the other, he pours warm perfume water on your foot. He looks at you and smiles. And in that moment, it feels like it's just the two of you there. Jesus speaks to you. What does he say? How do you respond? You look down and you notice how dirty your feet are from walking on the dusty paths. Jesus simply and gently washes them and then dries them with a towel around his waist. Your eyes, they, they fill with tears. Here is Jesus, whom you've left your home to follow, washing your feet like a servant. You lower your face and you quietly weep. And Jesus, in this moment, he reaches up and he puts his hands on your face. He wipes those tears away and he gently whispers to you, you are loved. You are loved. You belong. You have a seat at my table. You are loved. 
You're loved. You're loved. I invite you to open your eyes. You are loved. You belong. You have a seat at God's table. No matter how you feel, no matter what you think, you in Christ have a seat at the most incredible table in the entire universe. So what can we do? Nothing. We must sit. Will we sit often enough? Will we sit long enough to allow God to to speak this reality into our hearts that we indeed are seated with Christ? And will this start to become this perspective from which we walk with and live with and see with? We're going to take communion where we we come each and every week and we come to the body of Christ, we come to the blood of Christ, and it's this reminder, hey, you have a seat at the table. We call it the table. (laughs) And it's this reminder of, hey, you have a seat at God's table. And so as we eat the bread, as we drink the cup uh, this morning, may we just continually invite God to make this truth a reality in our innermost being. It's not going to happen overnight. We're going to continually find ourselves in these places of striving and doing. But may, by the power of the Spirit, in the name of Jesus, he just simply whisper and remind us that indeed we are seated with him. So I want to invite you to stand. I want to pray over us. We're going to go to the table together. And my encouragement this week, um, my encouragement this week is every day, every day take five minutes to sit. Take five minutes to sit. I was just thinking through my, the patterns of my life and the, the patterns of my days. And I'm like, I don't ever sit for more than five minutes without my phone, without music, without TV. And so my invitation is take five minutes every day this week and sit. And as you sit, repeat the words, I am seated with Christ. I am seated with Christ. And as you end that five minutes, repeat those words again. I am seated with Christ. I am seated with Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we we want this place of deep peace and intimacy with you, Jesus. Because it's in that place of deep intimacy with you, Jesus, that our fears truly are gone, that our shame really is lifted, 
that we really do find the deepest sense of belonging that we could ever feel. And so, Father, I I just ask, uh, will you just help us, show us, reveal to us our seat at the table? And may that be the place that we go from. Yeah, Jesus, if there's anybody in this room this morning that needs to talk and needs to pray, I just ask that you would just give them the, the just little bit of encouragement they need to go to the respond banner, to share with a friend, um, to ask for prayer. Because sometimes uh, we, we can't pray on our own or we do not know what we ought to pray for. And Father, I just ask that as we leave this place this morning, our sense of belonging is not in um, how good we are or how good we feel or how good we think we do or don't look, but our sense of belonging is in you at your table. Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.